Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Always Aggravated, a Mike Valenti signature podcast. This week's episode of Always Aggravated, wide-ranging topics. Somebody broke their phone in the bathroom, Antonio Brown, and the bigger picture of what the trade means. And, well, we had to do it. We talked a little bit about Michael Jackson, the new documentary on HBO, and, well, whether his music should be on the radio or not. And you get to hear Roberto's ridiculous knowledge on music in the overrated, underrated segment. It's all ahead on this week's Always Aggravated. All right, so sometimes things are just too perfect. I am The band is back together, and, and I do apologize as we had a very high-profile interview cancel on us this week. You know who you are. Uh, but we have a couple of fun things to talk about, but th- there's zero bullshit in this. So I walked in, told David, Mikey, Roberto, fellas, uh, I got to take a piss, and then I'll be back. Very simple. Now, A, it is so underrated how good it feels when you've been driving around and holding it where you're like, man, I really got to pee. Now I feel like a whole new man. I'm ready to ready to record and, and delight the masses. But as I went into the bathroom, I apparently am a very quiet bathroom walker or something. There, There's one of these sales guys, because Lord knows we've got a million salespeople in this building now. Well, no. So all of a sudden I hear <laughs> like a bomb went off. And it wasn't him shit. No, no. His cell phone smashed on the ground in Uh. the stall. Now, he clearly doesn't know I'm peeing. And all of a sudden, this guy goes, oh, God, I can't believe this is happening. And you can tell he's, like, talking to himself because he thinks he's alone in the bathroom. Just a question before we begin. Why on earth do you need to be on your phone in the stall? (laughs) Like, I mean, if he, if he chooses to do that at home on his own bathroom, I can't sit here and yell at him. But, dude, you're in an office bathroom. How long do you plan on sitting on the toilet? Now his phone is cracked. Now he's talking to himself. Well, naturally, I flush the urinal when I'm done. He comes up to the sink. I've never seen this guy before in my life. And you can tell he's embarrassed. Because I know you were in the bathroom sitting on your phone, <laughs> that you cracked your phone, and now, I, you know, it, it was a whole embarrassing scene. I mean, I could understand you being at home because you're at your home base. You can relax. Like, when I'm here, I want to get out of there so bad. It's all business. Like, 30 seconds, I'm in and out. All business. See, I'm always on my phone. Always. When I sit down in the bathroom. Even in the stall? <laughs> I mean, what else am I doing? I might as well just get my phone out and check my email or, or play oh poker on, on one of the apps I've, or something. I've done it. Has anyone else in this room ever dropped their phone in the toilet? No. Not guy who had never done that. No. I've no. Done it. But I have dropped it where awkwardly, it was the most awkward thing ever. I've dropped my phone. The phone actually slid into the other <gasps> stall. Oh, I remember somebody in <laughs> And literally, and, and I don't even remember where I was, but the guy had to like kick my phone back over to me. Hey, buddy, can you help me? Hey, buddy, I need an assist. <laughs> oh, man. That sucked. Yeah, but time out. Here's the thing. At that point, I'd burn the phone. Like the phone be forever. Once it's on a bathroom floor. Well, it's like the episode of the league where the kid eats the ice chip in the urinal. Forever unclean. Like, I, I wouldn't be able to handle it. 
I'm, like, you know what's on the floor in the urinal because no one can seemingly get all of their urine in the toilet. Mike, your phone has had mm. another man's urine on That's it. That's disgusting. At least you need to get a new case or something. Did yeah. you did you uh, Lysol wipe it? No, I probably just didn't even do anything. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure these cases are disgusting anyway with sitting I on have, all the tables and everything. And I'm really mortified. Are. Have you ever gone into the bathroom after the cleaning lady has mopped? Because it seems like That's she slippery. mops with dirty water because it stinks. Oh. So bad after she mops, I'm like, it's not supposed to stink like this. Well, so you're right. It's kind of bleach or something. If your phone falls on the floor in here, is, you're right. It's over. This is a good segue into a couple things I wanted to chat about. I mean, <laughs> hey, you talk about dirty. How dirty? I, I know we're going to go a different direction because Matt Pinfield over here wants to talk about a, a different angle of this, but <laughs> I felt filthy after watching that for, uh, what is it, Escaping Neverland? The uh, Michael Jackson documentary on H. Leaving Never. You know what? Burn Neverland down. How about that? <laughs> it's. It just resold again or something, didn't no, it? I was mortified. I was completely mortified watching it. Michael Jackson documentary. I know it's taken over the world. Like, it's trumped Surviving R. Kelly, which we covered in a previous podcast. I'm not going to go this way because it's going to end with Mike and Roberto yelling and screaming at each other because Roberto doesn't totally believe the victims or alleged victims and Sully. I, I don't want to go there. All right. The whole thing was grotesque. It was even hard to listen to. But you have a different way you want to go, and then we're going to get into some Antonio Brown stuff because David and I are pissed off at the NFL for being a bunch of chicken shits. But we'll explain. But go ahead. Take us where you want to go, Roberto. Well, we were talking the other day on the air about David being able to separate the music from these allegations, no. you know, that he could still put on a, a Michael Jackson album and enjoy it. Yes. Now... The funny thing is, with with all of us in the studio, we're a little more different in age, so I think that it's it's you, funny. You want a fun note? Yeah. Zero bullshit on the life of both of my dogs. <laughs> May they drop dead if I'm lying. Right. As I was peeing today, that stupid song where Michael Jackson's talking about we can do the boogie, share the beat tonight, or whatever it is. Oh, rock, rock with, you. with you. Yeah, sure. Song blows. <laughs> the point is, <laughs> the, the point is, that was just playing when I went to take a pee-pee. Right. Can't even make that shit up. So our stations are still playing them, though. That's On the life of both of my dogs. Well, the station shouldn't be playing it. I don't care. I work for this company. I'll speak my mind. They shouldn't be playing it. No, that's interesting. I mean, a lot of stations I I aren't. To it. A lot of stations have stopped. If R. Kelly's not on the air, why the hell is Michael Jordan? Well, then why did Michael people... Jordan, Michael Jackson, excuse me. <laughs> why <laughs> did basketball? Why didn't people stop playing it when the first trial happened then? They didn't stop then, so why stop now? Well, I'll tell you why. Because I, I really believe... We have witnessed, it's like this difference between Old Testament and New. It's like the world didn't begin until camera phones or some shit. Because it's like anything that happened pre-internet or pre-camera phone is like sacred. Somehow, we're learning about the depths of human depravity because we either didn't know or, or David, no disrespect. I just think a lot of people didn't want to know. You're right. Okay. Now, it's like whether you don't want to know or not. TMZ Sports or TMZ is going to show you and go, oh, look what we got on this son of a bitch. I'm just making a point. I went back and tried to listen to a little R. Kelly. No, it wasn't happy lovemaking time. It, it was just <laughs> R. Kelly had some jams. Yeah. I mean, his some... verse on Go Getter with Young Jeezy, mm -hmm. unbelievable. Yep. Uh, Hotel, Ignition, all those songs. Those were sick. Yes. Guess what? David, I couldn't do it. Wow. Fully admit it. And I've never liked Michael Jackson, but now, now all I can hear is the stories these alleged victims were telling, which go together with the fact that I thought the guy was a molester. 
back in the day where you go, there's no way this dude's walking around with kids dressed up just like him. I wouldn't be comfortable if you were dressed like me on a day-in, day-out <laughs> basis, much less if I tailored an equally exotic outfit for you to walk around the studio in. No, David, no. But we're like, we're, Mike and I are the same age, so I think... Yeah, but I've aged a lot but, better than you. Oh, well, of course. But you're willing to admit you never... As a kid, owned any albums no, or I did not watch the music videos. No, the music that. videos, of course. But you get to a point where, okay, by the time I was, where are we of right mind in our lives? Like, at what point do we start making conscious decisions where we go, you know what, this famous person might be a scumbag? What, what, what age would that creep in our mind? I want to see if it matches mine. <laughs> Maybe twelve. <laughs> I was going to say thirteen or four. Say thirteen. Okay. Yeah, okay. So by the time I'm thirteen or fourteen years old, we're already past Jackson's prime. I'd argue. 93-94. That did, was it. What did he have going? Uh, quite a bit at that time. He played the Super Bowl yes, and he did. just the, on the, the cusp of marrying uh, Lisa Marie Presley. Which was no. one of the all-time frauds. I'll never believe that. <laughs> no, but, but my point is his prime was probably 80 to 90. Correct. And the day, you know, like, look, I just remember back then, I always believed there was something with Macaulay Culkin, even though he denied it publicly. Right. I'm not, you know, I'm just saying that you knew of the trial. You knew of this stuff. It's it's like R. Kelly, where you knew the charges were there, but then because they delayed the trial for six years, which I admit, shame on me, I didn't know, by the time he came out in 05, 06 with Trapped in the Closet Volumes 1 through 78 and all the rest, I'm like, oh shit, I guess he beat the rap. Right. Hey, this song's pretty good. I didn't know. With Michael Jackson, you heard about the settlements. You heard about some of those things. But man, when they were going on, what was I, 10 years old? Yes, 11? I can't, be, I can't be asked to be some moral compass. I didn't know. But that's where it does speak to David's point, because people knew about this. Maybe not you as a kid, but people knew that he was this type of guy. So now, all of a sudden, everyone's outraged. Right. Well, well here's the deal. Mike and David and Roberto can't fight this. There is an entire web of people. Who, again, if, if you're a person of faith, I'm sure you believe in a hell. Well, they're headed there. If you're like me and you're a heathen, I believe they should uh, spend the rest of their life in federal prison. There's right. a web of people that helped keep this operation afloat. Oh, booking hotels, all of it. Uh, again. Oh, hey. I mean, look, if, if the four of us just traveled together for a month <laughs> and we did some tour, right, and we're all out and about, you mean to tell me? That if I see David doing illicit stuff, <laughs> like, like, like let's say David had this horrific uh, cocaine and hooker habit, which he would never have. The point is. No, I don't that's, know. That's why I'm not going on the road. You know, D David, all of a sudden. I'd I, be fine with it. Uh, okay. <laughs> but I would, you would see the behaviors. Oh, Michael went to his suite with another child. You telling me no one saw it? Right. Oh, yeah. the, the parents are booked nowhere in the same wing as the, oh, hey, look, Neverland. What about the maids? What about security? What about tour managers? Hey, Wise Michael got this kid on tour with him, dressed like him, oddly enough, walking out of his bedroom. I'm sorry. It's the same yeah, shit as R. Kelly. Them. Same shit as R. Kelly. There's a web of people that set up that deal and empowered it. There's a web of people that kept him afloat because there was too much to lose. So... Hey, you do what you want to do. You don't want him on the radio. You do. We can argue it. But don't tell me for a second that R. Kelly or Michael Jackson are standalone operations. I refuse right. to accept that. All right, a quick break just to talk about our launch sponsor. It's the D Las Vegas. You're looking to get away, relax, have a good time. D Las Vegas has everything you need. 
I mean, hell, we're there every March for March Madness. And as I've said before, there ain't no better setup. On the strip, off the strip, it don't matter. Go to the D. Go to that chalet upstairs. It ain't nothing better. Bottom line, next time you go to Vegas, check out the D.com. Completely renovated. Downtown is not what you remember. Hell of a lot of new places. It's, it's a damn good time. There's really no other way to put it. And again, the D has everything you need. You're not going to spend a ton of money on the room. Take that money and go do fun things with it. Do what Sully does. Make a bunch of losing basketball bets. Or, well, or for Sully, fall asleep on the horse racing machine on the second floor vintage casino. The bottom line, the D's got it all. They got the sports book. They got the long bar. They got it all. Check it out. The D.com to book your stay today. It's the D.com, the D Las Vegas. And as you know, it is your home for Detroit sports in Vegas. Well, it also is different when we hear, you know, in this HBO documentary, when we hear people actually looking in the camera and detailing what exactly happened. It does hit home differently, but I just think that... Again, I didn't watch episode two, by the way. Full disclosure, I, I battled through episode one. I told my wife, I can't do part two. No, you didn't miss anything. <laughs> I, I just, just I more of the same. Part one was so graphic and so disturbing. I, I just, I told her, I, I, I can't do this. But now here's the thing. We're like, you're talking about all these accomplices, it can't, but it also goes the way of the music. And I'm kind of starting to agree with David a little bit because... Oh, boy. Here's the thing. Most people think, oh, Michael Jackson, he goes and records Thriller and Off the Wall by himself. He's this, he's, he's a creative genius. He, he, he is. He's playing keyboards. He's you know he's arranging. Oh, well. he's, listen, David, he's all, about to insult you and well, you don't well, realize it. All this stuff is manufactured, okay? It, it's not by accident that there are hits made. There are a certain group of people that are put together, the best of the best in the industry, Well, to, to create these products. Well, first of all, you're right about that. I don't know if you think I'm stupid when it comes to music, um, wow. but I know. Let me say that, it slower. <laughs> I know Michael Jackson didn't create the music. He wasn't playing keys. He wasn't right. playing bass. He wasn't playing. That. And a lot of the songs are, he did not write. He just made a lot of money. He was such a great artist in mind. Everyone right. came around to create for him. I would say he's the greatest entertainer. Yes. Uh, dancer, whatever. But I'm just saying, as a as a as an artist, a songwriter, a producer, eh, you know, that's where I kind of lean more towards Mike's camp, where you know, you just didn't. Oh, you you flew by it. Well, overrated, yeah. underrated. It just never appealed to me. I, I'm I'm not the target audience. I, I I don't really enjoy pop music. I never really cared. I I don't. His music never did a whole lot for me. And then by the time I was old enough to make conscious buying decisions, his career was over, and he was doing the creepy music video with. Uh, uh, Elvis's daughter. Yeah. And you are not were, alone. And they were naked song. on screen, and he was wearing a, a, a swaddling cloth. <laughs> you know, I mean, I didn't want to watch <laughs> you know that. Other, you know the other weird video he did? The one he did with Michael Jordan. That oh, jam. that was the Space Jam, oh. yeah, wasn't Space it? Jam? No, no, it was before that. But the song was called Jam, mm. and uh, it was the this, this beginning track on Dangerous, and it, Heavy D was on it. And mm. oh, Remember I, the video I shows do. him playing basketball yes. with Michael Jordan? It's <laughs> yeah. so embarrassing. Yeah. No, I just... <laughs> look, for me... I, I just wonder how you end up separating it all. I can't. I would I would just say my life wouldn't be different if we didn't play another Michael Jackson song. And I think in light of that documentary, it's like, how do you take R. Kelly out of this, but you don't take Jackson? You know, a guy paid a $25 million suit. I mean, what, what are we talking about here? You've got a number of people. Now, I know some people have come out and supported him. What do you want me to tell you? The whole world's not going to come out and, and, and sandbag anybody. I can't get the whole world to agree that pizza's good. You know, like you're not gonna, you're never gonna get unilateral support or unilateral. Uh, I don't know what would the but term they did, be. Condemnation. They, they, they did try to do that as much as possible on an album like Thriller. It was a conscious decision to have 
every genre of music represented. Yes. So you have R&B, you have pop, song with Paul McCartney, you have Eddie Van Halen, so you bring the hard rock element in. So it All right, let me calculate. Let me offer you something, and I'll let you and David do this. Sully has gone silent because I don't think he even knows who Heavy D is. Or Eddie Van Halen. Right. <laughs> uh, there's a little, there was a little band in the 80s called Van Halen. Yeah, I've heard of them, yeah. I think. Look them yeah. up. Write that down. Make no, but okay, then let me offer you this hot take. It's like this pod is going to be filled with hot takes until we get to the Antonio Brown stuff, but... Then couldn't you just say every pop star in history is all bullshit? They're all overrated. They're all artificial. They're all synthetic. They are all company plants. That they are talented people that on stage they can package and sell, but they get the best writer for, and they get the best producer for. The formula. And they get the best, right. So, like, a, a great example, too, and I think you're seeing it now, and, like, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but it is just so clear to me that Post Malone is a plant of the industry to get a white kid in rap because that's kind of been missing. Like, Machine Gun Kelly... Too hard for mainstream. Mac Miller is dead. Mm -hmm. Like, Post Malone was this thing that 14-year-old girls could listen to. Oh, look, it's a goofball. I mean, he's an absolute goofball. He's a nerd. He He's white T-Pain. He uses auto-tune to even get out of bed. Hey, do us a favor. Get a few tats on your face. Mm -hmm. Grow out your curly hair. The worst rat stash I've ever seen. You're going to crush Bud Lights and, and, and then... All of these highly produced things. And, okay, now people tell you Post Malone plays the guitar. Well, congratulations. The point is, you won't sell me that he is not an industry plant to get that segment of the population. Every pop star. Was Britney Spears actually some uber-talented? Uh, no, no, no. No. But industry plant. Pop star. You know, anybody can be made into... Oh, no, a, not anybody. A, the right people. Mm. Was Michael Jackson the right person at the right time? Yes. Had the Jackson 5 fame? Had, oh, little Michael Jackson grew up. Oh, shit, now he's dancing with zombies. He was an onstage virtuoso. The dancing, the crazy outfits, the persona, the 80s were all about bigger than life, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, he's wearing bedazzled gloves. Look... I'm just a believer if you're going to say, well, Michael Jackson was a creation, I would argue every pop star in history is fake. They're all creations because that's what pop music is. It's bullshit. You know what Rock and roll is an actual medium, a genre. Right. Hip-hop, rap, R&B, well, country. Bands wrote their own songs. Right, they right. produced their own albums. When you start talking about, oh, well, that this guy's not real. He's overrated. He's a pop star. They're all bullshit. That's why I don't like pop music. A, a lot of image. So Carry that, on. But um, it just reminds me of a story talking about that. And David might remember this. Mike, you might remember this. That like, so yeah, Michael, totally Michael was excluded. big, right? He was, he was, no, no, he, I'm just getting he excluded was, from all of this right he now. He was little Michael Jackson, right? Then kind of in the uh, 70s, he had Off the Wall, then Thriller, yes. blah, blah, blah. And then there was a couple years there. And then all of a sudden, this bad album comes out. Yes. And I go to the store and I look at the cover. I go... Who's this white guy on the cover? Mm -hmm. Like so much had changed in his appearance, it was scary, and it made like. It, but, but he, I don't know. I guess people just didn't care. Okay, but know. guys, none of this is new. Oh, it, does it take a documentary for these <laughs> hot takes to be formed? I mean, I get it. it. It's more powerful when people come out and speak about what happened. I get it. But none of this is new. I was just saying pop stars are bullshit. We've known uh, this geez. about Michael Jackson. Yeah. Why am I getting no, yelled No, because Roberto's making like Michael Jackson like all this stuff is something <laughs> new. We've known about all this, how weird he was for years. Honestly, Sully, I know I 
on the on our regular show, I told you 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 need to see the movie Predator because you didn't understand what it was. Mm. It's kind of what you just did there. At one point, Schwarzenegger comes out of the mud and just kill me. Like you just you just screamed at all of us. Okay, for no good Roberto, Roberto's trying to patronize me, and not even include me in the conversation. <laughs> well, yet he's no, saying the most obvious. Right yeah, Roberto, Roberto's, Roberto's saying the most obvious shit that everyone already Go knows. Go to the chopper. I'm just saying, I, I didn't know if you were aware of... I'm aware of Michael Jackson. The album, yes. Do me the a favor. Cover. Just do me a favor. Punch him in the face. Oh, Honestly. Stop. No, I would love He's to see He's saying stuff that everyone knows already. David's had it. I mean, okay, fine. So you, you're totally patronized. We're having a meltdown. Well, let's just have the final verdict around the, the room here, so... I want his music off the radio, and I think he's overrated, but so are all pop stars, because they're all fake. Okay, David. He's not overrated because while you say, yes, he was partly created, I still think that he knew how to play an instrument. He knew that. He knew how to entertain. And he got me as an eight-year-old when he performed at the Super Bowl. That entertainment at the Super Bowl, I watch it to this day. I oh, love it. Oh, stop it. You do not. <laughs> no, I do. But see, he's like I a have lot the VHS. of He's like a lot of people his age. Yeah, I, 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 he's not overrated. I've heard enough. Uh, Sully, I don't want to patronize you. I know you have a deep and vast musical uh, database. <laughs> well, right, he, yeah. Michael Jackson should not be on the radio, but my thing is, it should not have taken this documentary for for that conclusion. Right, but, but no, he shouldn't. Okay, but why did it take that long with R. Kelly? Because people need to see stuff, even though it's like they're looking the other way all these years when we already knew that he well, was like Well, then you just a... explained it. My point is, R. Kelly operated in Chicago before camera phones, and the dude was hanging out at high schools. The guy was hanging out at a specific McDonald's that was notorious for the after-school crowd. Those things took place then that would never take place now. It's part of our history as a society. It shows you how dumb we are as people. It also shows you what people are willing to put up or willing to, to refuse to believe to keep their heroes where they need to be. No, Art Kelly's not a hero for me. I'm saying in Chicago, he was considered royalty. Yes, he was. But, but all the stories were out. Right. You know, I mean, I, I just... I think your your answer's right in front of you. People don't want to believe it. Right. It's sure. like with you. They don't want to b- believe that LeBron's an asshole. He is. <laughs> you didn't want to believe it all those years. Look at it now. Right. See, that's, that's a great analogy. I, 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 that's really Sully good. denied it. He blamed the media. I believe at one point used the term fake news. Oh. Very tough. <laughs> Very stuff. tough. Certain stuff uh. certainly is in this uh, country, believe me. Uh, Roberto, overall, uh. overrated? Underrated. It can't be underrated. He, no, he'd be more overrated than underrated. And should he be on the radio still? Yes. Oh, wow. All right, split decision. Winter's here, and that means energy bills are rising. You can reduce your power bill with help from Power Home Solar, the number one residential solar provider in Michigan and one of the top solar installation companies in the entire USA. Power Homes installs American-made panels with a 30-year warranty. It allows you to own your power, not just continually rent it from a power company. As an official partner of the Detroit Lions, the company installed solar panels at Ford Field, and the Allen Park facility earlier this year and seeks to continue building a movement towards cleaner, greener energy by seeing if solar is right for your home. Go to powerhome.com. That's powerhome.com. Or you can give them a call, 1-800-SOLAR-15. That's 1-800-SOLAR-15 to schedule your free solar consultation today. Don't rent your power. Own it with help from Powerhome.
Um, the Antonio Brown stuff, I'd like to get into it because, and I know this is something that David and I, I don't want to exclude Sully or patronize him. I, I don't know if you have a big opinion on this. Uh, but, no, now but, I'm going to be patronized. You know what? No, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to patronize you. I'm just going to okay, straight up shit right. can you. You're not a part all of this. Right, right. Over to David. Now, the, the Antonio Brown deal is something we didn't get a chance to talk about on the regular show. I, I'm more pissed off about it than anything else because this is the issue I have with the NFL. Only in this league could a Hall of Famer, could a player in the midst of his prime, six straight seasons of at least 101 catches, only could this guy be traded for garbage and people somehow don't criticize the team that dealt him. Right? Nobody is going after the Steelers. Nobody's going after Roethlisberger. The NFL is the only league that can absolutely, wholly, completely, almost like spitefully vilify a player. Now, in basketball, we've had guys who've demanded trades. I don't think they get vilified anywhere close to the way A.B. has, right? Hockey, it's happened. Uh, baseball, it's happened. But the NFL is the only one that somehow, some way, like, can you imagine a player of Antonio Brown's caliber being dealt in the NBA for the equivalent of a, you know, a second-round draft pick? It would be unheard of. It would never happen. But the NFL? Oh, look. Look at the media carry the water and just whistle by the graveyard. See, A, I'm pissed off because there were 30 other teams. You got the Steelers and the team they traded with, that's two. This is a mathematics course. There were 30 other teams. Of those 30 teams, there should have been at least 10 to 12 teams that should have, could have offered more. Mm -hmm. But the league is so chicken shit, they won't. How to like? Did Antonio Brown go out and kill somebody this offseason? No. Did Did Antonio Brown go out and, God forbid, uh, talk social issues, get political, etc. Right? No. We know that scares the league. Mm -hmm. Antonio Brown is objectively a top three receiver in this league. I just don't want to argue and go number one, and you say Odell, and then we waste ten minutes. I'm Easily. not interested. He's a top three player at his position. How the hell did he just get dealt for a third and fifth round pick? And you don't expect me to turn around and ask the question, what are these teams so scared of? Like every sport, you got an asshole in your locker room. Yep. You got a couple, in fact. Let's face it. The NFL, that's a league full of bad dudes. What are these teams so afraid of? And even worse, how do we as fans empower them to be afraid? And that's been going on forever, though. You know what I mean? You could go back to the 70s, whatever. You could go back to Reggie Jackson. You know what I mean? The guys that were a problem. Within their organization. Right, right. But the NFL gets away with it. The yeah. NFL, like Reggie Jackson isn't allowed to be traded for parts unless right. you're Charlie Finley with the A's right. and you're openly bleeding money. The Steelers didn't aren't bleeding money. The Steelers just jettison this guy. Yep. Now, there's this is a two-parter. A, am I wrong to look at the other 30 teams and go, you are blatantly full of shit, that you're telling me you couldn't be better with Antonio Brown, that somehow, some way, there are skeletons in his closet that are so bad, you couldn't offer more than a third and a fifth rounder? I'm so, If I'm wrong for asking that question, I'll go home for the rest of the day. That's part one. I'm saving part two for until I hear your answers. Mike, teams are afraid. They're afraid of Antonio Brown. Whether it was the social media situation, you know, him going crazy, want to be called Mr. Big Chest. And then he's on social media saying the things that he said about Big Ben, calling him a slave owner and stuff like that. 
Teams are afraid of stuff like that. Not the fact that he went out and said that specifically, but that he used his social media to speak out on issues that he felt about. That he said, you know what, I'm not happy, so I'm going to speak about it. Usually players are silent. I heard uh, Sean Marion yesterday on television that he did not want to go to the Bills. He did not want to go to Buffalo, but yet the team... The GM for Buffalo called him and said, doesn't matter. We're trading for you. Your contract's in. And he said, you know what? I had to stay silent. I stayed silent because I didn't want to be an issue. I didn't want the Buffalo fans to think that I didn't want to be there. Players are silent. They don't say much. When you want to trade in the NFL, you do it in silence. You go to your owner. You go to your GM. You say, I want out. Nothing's public. Nothing's ever public in the NFL. He made everything public. But look at the other sports, especially the NBA. Players have taken control. See, that's where I like what A.B. did. Mm -hmm. A.B. took control. A.B. is one of the only players I can think of that that isn't a quarterback that was able to go out and successfully just say, I want out. You're going to trade me. You're not going to send me to Buffalo. I'll shit can the deal and I won't show up. Yes. And he got his way. And I actually respect it. Now, look, I don't have to like everything about Antonio Brown. Yes. I know as a Giants fan, Odell Beckham Jr. is unbelievably talented. He's also a pain in the ass. But you're a better football team with Antonio Brown. I don't like the fact the Steelers aren't taking heat. I don't like the fact that Roethlisberger's allowed to rule the roost and go unchecked. Mm -hmm. All right, Big Ben's got a past. Big Ben also, there's lots of stories in the league about Big Ben being a pain in the ass, too. My point is, Antonio Brown, May have changed the way we do business in the NFL. Yes. He may have changed this completely because, and I'm, I don't want to go to the racial component of this. I will just go this route. Owners have the strongest leverage in the NFL because they actually believe they own the player. They own mm. the commodity. There's no other sport that it's like this. Now, baseball, you could say the same because of the CBA, the arbitration, mm-hmm. the amount of time teams get players. You'll see it happen with Vlad Guerrero Jr. You'll see it happening with Eloy Jimenez and the service time games they play. Happened with Chris Bryant. But my point is, the NFL, players actually have the leverage but don't use it. Mm-hmm. A.B. used it. And I think it's bullshit the rest of the league didn't get involved. You almost wonder if there's a level of collusion there where you don't want to give this player what he wants. We need to stand together. The Raiders are renegades. Mark Davis is the poorest owner. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, hey, Gruden's uh, gone rogue. Here's a third and a fifth. But as we sit here in Detroit or you sit out there and you're, you're, you're a team like Buffalo who tried, but let's face it, no one wants to go there, there has to be... 10 to 12 teams that could have offered a second-round pick and gotten this done. It's it's bullshit. And it makes me wonder about what's going on behind the curtain. That's why I'm glad you said what you said. Well, it's more more so than just teams not wanting the distraction. They don't want the locker room distraction. They don't want the PR distraction. It is that element of them not wanting a player that is so... that, that demonstrates control, that demonstrates power. They don't want someone that's going to do that. They don't want someone that's going to speak up. They don't, want some, they don't want someone that's going to challenge the front office and challenge the ownership. But why do, we only, why do we only believe one side of things when it comes to players? Why do fans line up to suck the kneecaps of billionaires? Like how do, when, when you go back into this, Antonio Brown wanted to play against the Saints. Now I feel like an asshole because when that when that took place, I went, damn, how the hell could A.B. give up on his team that way and not play? Right. No, now it comes out he wanted to play. There was another side to this deal. You know, the Steelers deserve to take heat here. Big time. What part of having talent, and you, you, know, what, you know what being a team is, you know what a big part of being a GM and a coach is? Ego management. 
people laugh at Joe Torre and they go, oh, well, Joe Torre had the best Yankee teams ever. You know why Joe Torre's gig was hard? Ego management in the biggest city in the world. Yep. The Steelers didn't do a good job here. Maybe the Steelers, for lack of a better term, it's a horse race. And they chose a different horse. They went with Big Ben. Well, Antonio Brown wasn't going to abide. I think Antonio Brown's going to go to Oakland and be great. I think yes. Antonio Brown is going to tear it up. I'm never question how hard he works at practice. I'll never question how hard he plays in games. He's a wide receiver. He's a pain in the ass. Got big ego. They all do. T.O. had a huge ego. Yep. He was a huge pain in the ass. He was an incredibly hard worker. All right. Guess what? T.O. was getting punished by the league and the owners and the media, and they kept him out of the Hall of Fame. Right. He got punished with some of the places he had to go and play and the deals he had to go go and sign, right? Look, this is what the NFL does, and this is where I think there's this weird dynamic. And yes, some people want to go racial and they want to get down that road and go, well, look, it's primarily white owners exuding their control over young, rich, black men. You could take it there if you want. I don't need to to make my point. I'm not saying that that angle isn't there. I'm saying I don't need to go there to just make my point. Well, guys, Sully here, and I want to talk to you for a moment about our good friends over at Coppercraft Distillery in Holland, Michigan. They've been killing it lately, winning all sorts of awards. And by the way, they do have a couple of really big announcements with stuff they have going on that uh, we're going to keep you updated on the next couple weeks. But I've had basically everything that they've had, whether it's their bourbon, whether it's their whiskey, their gin, their vodka, really, really good. Just saw them at the Detroit Whiskey Festival. They're, They're doing really well. And it's worth checking out. Visit your local retailer, your local party store, your local liquor store, and just take a drink of Coppercraft, whether it's bourbon that you enjoy, right? Whether it's gin, whatever it is, give it a try. And I think you're going to be impressed. I think you're going to find that it's very, very good and that the quality speaks for itself. You're going to notice it as soon as you take a drink. Coppercraft Distillery, Holland, Michigan. Check it out. The website, of course, coppercraftdistillery.com. And they're also all over social media, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Search Coppercraft Distillery. Give them a follow. You're going to see a lot of great pictures, including how how nice their bottles are as well. Really nice presentation on those. Coppercraft Distillery, Holland, Michigan. It, I lose respect for owners who go, no, I don't want to make my team better because this guy might cause me to work harder. Mm-hmm. This guy might make a few waves. How the hell are you sitting there? If you're a team that didn't make the playoffs or a team that is just fringy playoffs and do you not for a second round pick jesus christ your second round pick could be cut by year two these teams these draft picks Mm -hmm. they're 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 raffle tickets how do you not take a second round pick and add a hall of famer and don't give me the salary cap bullshit the cap's going up 10 million a year and you know what it's weird every time teams need to find money they do Mm -hmm. unless they don't want to see mike the owners, they don't want the players, in the NFL specifically, they don't want the players to have power. I watched and I read and I listened to almost any podcast I could when an Antonio Brown story came up. And this is what happened. Antonio Brown wanted out. We all know he initially wanted out, went on social media, wanted out. And then the meeting of the ownership came up. Oh, he didn't want to meet. Oh, he does want to meet. And then they met him at an airport. Antonio Brown met Rooney at an airport. They had a meeting, discussed everything. And then people sat back and said on TV, on podcasts, and said, now Antonio Brown just needs to sit back and let ownership do what they need to do. The Roonies, they're a family-run organization. The Steelers are. And the Roonies, they do things for the players. They make sure the players are comfortable. They make sure the players, they do what's right for the players. Well, 
then why does Antonio Brown need to sit back? Right, he, he doesn't didn't sit back. He doesn't. He got back on social media. He got on ESPN. He did a story with them, a retrospective or whatever it was, a one-on-one, and he still spoke. And people were saying, he just needs to shut up. He's not going to get what he wants because ownership's going to be upset with him. What do you mean ownership's going to be upset with right, him? Right, like they're his parents. He has to sit back and wait for ownership. Ownership is going to do what's best for them. If he sat back after talking with ownership, he would not be in Oakland right now. Correct, and he, he wouldn't, wouldn't have got his Buffalo. new deal. He would not have that new deal, which is three years of guaranteed money, which he didn't have, but one right. year left well, of guaranteed well, money. And this is the point. This is the backlog. And this is where I say it. Like, I don't understand why people just want to, you know, let owners put their fingers in right. their mouth. It's like, wait a second. They got six years of Antonio Brown for basically free. Yep. Yeah, they drafted him. AB played his ass off. They didn't pay him. Then his second contract, he didn't get some great deal, but they had control over him. They had leverage over him. It took Antonio Brown until the age of about 30 Mm -hmm. to get the maturity and the conviction to do what he did. And let's face it, man, a lot of us aren't prepared at 24, 25 to make big life choices. I know for me, maturation, yeah, closer to 30. Well, Antonio Brown said, you know what? Fuck this. I've given them everything. They've given me nothing. I have a personal conflict with the quarterback who, let's face it, I don't think Big Ben is anywhere near as squeaky clean as this is all going. He isn't. Right? So now I think Antonio Brown has changed the way players do business because he's shown them. A, you can go out. You can get a trade. You can put a stop to other trades. You can get your money. And you can inexplicably bleach your mustache blonde for no reason. (laughs) You can do all of these things. You better be a good player to do it. That's called leverage. That's yes. life. Yes. Okay? Doesn't matter if it's this business or, or or I don't care. You can be in the art industry. If you have leverage, you have a choice whether to use it or not. And plenty of us do and don't use it. Some people never use it. They just don't view it as worthwhile. Mm-hmm. But Antonio Brown, I think players really need to look at this and go, you know what? This isn't unbreakable. This isn't some death sentence that I have to do A, B, and C. Screw these owners. You know what? The minute I get hurt, they'll mm-hmm. cut my ass. Yep. The minute I don't serve a purpose, I'm out. Well, wait, I'll take a pay. No, you're out. Well, look what the Chiefs are doing right now. They signed Tyron Matthew. They signed him yesterday or whatever it was. And now there are reports out there that Eric Reed might be cut. Eric Reed. Eric I mean, Barry, Eric, Eric, Eric yeah. Barry might be cut. Sure. And we all know what his story is. Sure. The owners don't care. They don't care about you. Right. At so why all. do players? But yet here, here's the here's the fan base just opening their mouth and yes. letting 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 the owners just jam their fingers mm-hmm. right in their mouth and go here. Like it's why would you ever defend these billionaire owners? Right. Why? Well, that's because fans are always going to support the team over the player. Fans root for the team; they don't root for the player. Sure, do we see a shift in the NBA? Maybe with with really some individuals starting to command their own fan bases. Yeah, but generally speaking, in sports as a whole, fans are always going to root for their team. Over rooting for an individual player. Yeah, but but I agree. But my point is these owners, like, you will get fans who line up and blindly defend ownership. It could be any sport. Yeah. And I go, why? Why are why are you treating them differently than the GM? Why are you treating the owner differently than the coach? Why are you treating the owner differently than the player? Right. To hell with these people. Look, and as it pertains to Oakland, because I don't want to lose total sight of this. A, I do hope more players take the Antonio Brown approach. Definitely. Take control. I think this league is chicken shit in in many regards. There are plenty of teams out there that could have used Antonio Brown. Oh, yeah. And for a a second-round pick or a third and a fourth. Here, let me ask you a question for fun. 
What the he- if you're San Francisco, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Garoppolo, your franchise QB? Cool. What else you got? Godwin? What were you, uh, Dante Pettis? Yeah, George Kittle's sweet. Would you be better with Antonio Brown, yes or no? Sure. Would you sell more tickets with Antonio Brown to sure. go to that horseshit stadium that's an hour and a half outside of Frisco? Okay, there's one team off the top of my head. Now, let me ask you a question. What are you doing if you're the New York Jets? The Jets, at the time of this taping, have just blown like $200 million on two linebackers. Yep. Newsflash, you got Sam Darnold. Yep. Your best receivers, who? Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder, who? Like, I could, I could go up and down the list and talk about these teams. Who need this guy? You know who could use him? Here, how about Carolina? Yep. Cam Newton? Who Who you got? You got DJ Moore, who's a trinket player. Mm-hmm. You got Greg Olson, who's 60. Who? Funches just walked out the door. He wasn't even there the second half of the year. You wouldn't be better with Antonio Brown? Like, I just get so sick and tired of people who don't want to ask questions. They go, oh, look at that. See? A-B's a problem. A-B's a cancer. They could only get a three and a five. No. Mm. The league has to actively participate in them only getting a three and a five. Right. And I just, I don't buy it. And after the NFL settled with Kaepernick the way they did, and we know there there was collusion there, we know what they did. It wouldn't shock me in the least if these owners tried to prove a point because in many ways Antonio Brown represents a loss of cabin pressure. It only takes one, and once there's that crack, then it just starts to peel away. If I'm some of these big-time players, I have the leverage. If I don't play, it'll kill this team. But that's where they don't have guaranteed contracts. That's where the little guy will rise up to take your gig, and when it comes, push comes to shove. Most guys don't have the courage of their conviction like Antonio Brown to go, you know what? I'm a millionaire. Mm-hmm. I'm good. So if they don't want to pay me, they don't want to do this, I will walk away. It, ta- it You can laugh, and I know Mr. Big Chest and all that, but no, man, it takes a big man to do that because you took your career in your hands, you stared down the barrel of the gun, and you didn't flinch. Yep. And then the Steelers gave you what you wanted. I think A.B. will be good for Oakland. I think A.B. automatically helps that franchise. You know, I love it. I'm, I'm hearing all the the national media go out and they're going, well, clearly Raiders don't have a plan. Oh, clearly. Let me ask you a question. True or false? That offense was a debacle last year. They yes, got rid was. of all their best players, right? You don't know what you're doing with Derek Carr, but you know you need a foundational piece on offense. You traded Amari Cooper, got a first-round pick, then you went out and got Antonio Brown. I actually heard somebody compare Amari Cooper and Antonio Brown. I almost lost my fucking mind. I go, (laughs) yes, they're both wide receivers. Yes, they both make a good amount of money. Here's an idea for you. Amari Cooper wouldn't be fit to draw Antonio Brown a bath. (laughs) Like, they got a first-round pick for Cooper. Wow. They replaced Cooper's money with Brown's money. Yep. They are better. Yes, they are. Okay? Mm-hmm. Like, they have, what, five first-round picks the next two years? Yes. They will have five guys making no money. So it offsets what you pay in Antonio. Now, look, I can't speak to the deal they signed with Trent Brown, the left tackle. Yeah. It's disgraceful. No, I mean, it's just, God, this is this is where organizations always piss me off. They make a brilliant move, and then they get into a conference room like this. They sit around the table and they go, hey, fellas, listen. Let's. We got to counterbalance this. We got to fuck that up. Uh, what do we do? <laughs> hey, go pay Trent Brown and make him one of the highest paid left tackles in the game. No, the highest paid. Okay. Whew. So I can't speak to that, but I'm saying on this move, it's a masterstroke. 
I mean, it's a third and a fifth for a Hall of Fame player that yes. I believe has at least two years of Hall of Fame performance left, and then a third year of good performance. I don't care about paying him, and I got five first-round picks the next two years. I'm not. It's just. It's amazing to me that there are organizations who will walk around and brag to you how smart they are, mm-hmm. and then they're sitting here, and you're going, where were you for this? What were you doing exactly? Here, I'll give you another good place, and you find the money. You want a place you could bring them? How the hell did New Orleans not carve out a role there? Mm-hmm. Michael Thomas is only one guy, yep. and he is double-teamed all the live-long day. That's all they have. There are people walking the streets in New Orleans right now. They can't name another goddamn receiver they have. Okay, where were you? If you didn't win a Super Bowl last year, where were you? Yep. All right, Kansas City doesn't need them. They got a glut of weapons. The Rams probably don't need them. Glut of weapons. But just about everybody else, you can make a case, where are you right now? Yep. So uh, that that's the A-B stuff top to bottom. I feel better about this. The, the, the satisfaction of this podcast, A, I was running some errands and I had to come in and tape. And thank God, after I peed, I felt like a fresh man. I saw a salesperson destroy their cell phone uh, in the shitter. Uh, we got all of our Michael Jackson feelings on the table. I've also told you why pop music is garbage. And then we talked about Antonio Brown, and I couldn't do that on the regular show. This was really cathartic for me. Anyone with final thoughts, anyone who needs something to say, Sully, do you feel that you were somehow kept out of this the way Roberto kept you out of the music convo? <laughs> I do. I think Roberto was excluding me from the Michael Jackson oh, conversation. Come on. Uh, Roberto, your thoughts on Antonio Brown were both illuminating and entertaining. Well, I try to help. Yeah. A one sentence. <laughs> this is my final thoughts on, on the player part of it one more time. They're in a fight that's ahead. Lockout might happen in two years. So Brown is mm-hmm. opening the door here for the players, not just himself yep. and the ones with power, but all the players that one have One last question for you. Would there be a scenario where I could get you to bleach your mustache? Oh, Actually, yeah, I can do it. Whoa. I'll do it for charity. Find a charity. I'll do it. We'll get the whole building here, too. we got to raise some money. Yeah, the whole building. Yeah. The whole building would be in, involved, and we'll get people, and we'll raise money I just, for it. I, I want to know why he did it. That's a, I don't know. It made no sense. I don't know. Like, like Antonio he, Brown's a good-looking dude. And now, all of a sudden, you come out with a blonde mustache, and I'm going, <laughs> what? I, I picture David looking like 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 when they like in Eddie Murphy's movie Life with Martin Lawrence, where they, they, try to, they have to make a guy look old, so they, you know, they turn his mustache and his beard gray. Oh, God. That's what he's going to look like. He'll look like Uncle Drew. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> all right. That's enough. Thanks for listening, as always. If you've made it to the end, then we really do appreciate you. If you'd be so kind, subscribe, review, rate, and pass it on. Radio.com, iTunes, we would greatly appreciate that. Uh, And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks again for listening.